peace and welcome to the tailored healing collective podcast this is a space where we discuss everything sacred medicine motherhood healing practices across the globe and transformation above all it is my hope you take each story shared here and find empowerment in your own life for it is here that we educate the mind to liberate the soul i'm your host taylor Welcome to another episode of the Tailored Healing Collective Podcast here tonight with Luna and um, a dear acquaintance of mine. I like to also think as a friend, she runs Chocolate Yoga Destinations and I met her as a sound healer. We even had a sound bath play date together. If you don't know a lot about sound healing, you're going to hear a lot about it in this episode today and we're going to speak about how sacred of a healing tool that it is and it has been. And this lovely expert is going to give you a little bit on her backstory and how she got into this practice and how it helps. So without further ado, welcome again to the Taylor Healing Collective podcast. And Fatima, could you go ahead and introduce yourself Aww. to us? Hi, Taylor and Luna. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Fatima Harley and um, I started a, a company a few years ago, Chocolate Yoga Destinations, and I'm based in San Diego. I am into—I call myself an intuitive sound bowl musician because I do play intuitively. Um, I do have some musical background, but I mostly play intuitively. And I'm a Reiki master. I am a certified yoga instruct instructor and meditation teacher. So those are the modalities that I work with. Amazing. And forgive me for the mispronunciation of your name. I'm, it's That's late. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Fatima, so could you please tell us how did you get into any healing modality? Were you at a different place in your life when you first started all this? Or was this something that you just decided one day and kind of went with it? I was on a quest to heal myself. I, um, I was recovering from thyroid cancer. I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer uh, many years ago. I've been cancer free <laughs> and um, just just looking for alternative medicines and treatments to go along with the traditional treatments that I went through, a surgery, radiation, all of that. And I, this is going to tell you how long ago this was and how old I am, Dick Gregory. <laughs> Dick Gregory was around and he was advocating healthy lifestyles and he was starting to talk about um, vegetarian diet and things like that. And so I, when I was recovering, I was I, I had um, an epiphany. Spirit spoke to me and said, stop eating meat. So I became a vegetarian for a few years and during my healing and over the course of the years, just trying to remain cancer free and just taking care of myself. Um, I came across yoga. A former boss recommended yoga to me. And I took my first yoga class at the age of 50. <laughs> and two years later, I was going through yoga teacher training. So once I became certified, um, well, actually, pr 
prior to finishing up that training, we were introduced to crystal singing bowls. Um, we had a lady come in during one of our classes and she played for us. She played the entire time during the yoga class and it absolutely did something to me. <laughs> I mean, just feeling the vibrations, being able to relax at that level, being at that in-between state of sleep and awakeness, it did something to me. It really transformed me. And I wanted to learn more about them. And then I wanted to share that to others. I wanted others to experience that. So that's how I got into yoga and sound bath meditation. And it started out with a few a few friends asking me to play my one bowl <laughs> at their um, yoga studios and then over time purchasing a second and then a third and receiving a, a, receiving a few bowls as gifts. And um, chocolate yoga destinations came about because I was practicing yoga and a friend of mine said I reminded her of chocolate yoga. So it kind of stuck. <laughs> and then the destinations part came in. My husband and I became empty nesters. And so we were starting to travel a lot. And I had this goal of doing um, a yoga pose wherever we wherever we travel to. And that's where the destinations comes in. So I didn't really plan on having a business per se, but it just kind of evolved. And the destinations part of it has been just traveling and sharing what I do, having people come into my city. I've um, hosted two retreats now here in San Diego. And also people have told me they feel like they're being transported to different destinations during a sound bath. So it's, it's fitting. I've definitely felt that um, during a sound bath. Uh, it's an out-of-body experience. And I know you probably know better than most that when you're in touch with certain vibrations, you're, you literally do have an out-of-body experience with this. Mm -hmm. And that's for the person performing the sound bath and for the person receiving. You're, you're both transported somewhere else. Yeah. So what was your first sound bath like? Oh, wow. My first sound bath, I I did have an out-of-body experience. Um, I felt like I was floating around the room. I could look down and see myself. I felt light. I was seeing colors. I was seeing lots of purples and um, white lights and orange. And it was just a really beautiful, calming um, experience. I had been having trouble sleeping and I remember that night just sleeping so peacefully and so soundly and um, it really helped me from, from then on with my sleep. With sleep, I definitely understand that. I get a lot of questions about that too. Um, do you think that there is a comparison and sound healing versus maybe listening to binaural beats on YouTube. I know people try to do that to mm -hmm. align themselves yeah. with the same kind of energy. Yeah, I think it's probably pretty close. I think with sound healing, it um, with this, especially with the crystal singing bowls and with the gong and things like that, I think it really gets us in a state where we're in that in-between sleep and awake and so when you're in that place, that's where healing really takes place, you know? So I, um, that's what it's been like for me. And that's what I hear from my students and my clients as well. And I've also read someplace that um, a sound, receiving a one hour sound bath is equivalent to three hours sleep. <laughs> I can understand so, that. I feel yeah, that. Yeah. So 
Is your family, are they the same as you, would you say, when it comes to receiving this information about healing and applying it to their life? Or do they kind of follow your lead with all of it? I would say my immediate family, yes. <laughs> my my daughters and my husband, um, they're very open to it. And they ask for sound baths all the time. <laughs> and whenever I'm in my um, little studio here, we recently converted our garage into a studio for me. <laughs> awesome. I'm so happy. So whenever they hear me playing, they'll come in and they'll lie down and and. Luna, <laughs> and they'll get to enjoy the the sound bath. So they're very open to it. They they really find it beneficial. I have other family members, um, more extended family. I've had to introduce them to it, and they all love it too. Once they experience it, they really love it, and um, they told me that it really helps them a lot. My husband sometimes, even if he can't get into the studio with me, he'll be in his office listening on my YouTube channel. <laughs> And I said, what are you listening to? He said, I don't know, some fine woman playing these bowls. Oh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's amazing that you can incorporate your family in that life, too, because I do know many people who begin a healing journey, no matter what stage they are in life, always come in contact usually with people who are kind of standoffish about what they're doing because they don't know about it. Yeah. I have experienced that with, um, actually, I would say probably more friends or acquaintances. They, they're they intrigued, and, and some family members too. I think some of my extended family, they're intrigued, but they're not quite sure what it is, and they're not quite ready to take that next step. <laughs> so how do you introduce people to, like, who've never heard about what a sound bath is? Like, what what's the first thing you would say, or how would you lead them into it? Oh, wow. I normally start by saying, um, you know, you know, um, I, I have so many different people, a large, diverse group of people that I work with, but primarily I work with black women. And so, I mean, that's who seeks me out. I think if they see me on social media or something, they say, maybe they're asking, who is that black lady playing those bowls? What is that? And that intrigues them. But how I approach it, especially because the majority of my clients are women, is I come from a place where I introduce or I'll ask them about stress, stress and sleep, anxiety, how they're feeling, you know, as as a woman, as a person, um, self-care, taking care of themselves, how they're doing that. And so I introduce it that way. And they're all open to anything, right? Anything that's going to help relieve stress, <laughs> anything that's going to help them sleep better or or just take anything that can give them an opportunity to take some time away from it all to just do something good for themselves. That's the first part. And then I just talk about um, how how our bodies are are made up of mostly water and the crystal singing bowls are, you know, are, are water and the vibrations move all that water and all that energy in our bodies. And um, when we're in that state where we're resting, truly resting, then we can help our bodies heal itself. So when I when I start from there and, and they say, oh, this this can help me. This is how it can help me. They're open to the idea of actually having a sound bath. And, you know, once they have the sound bath and actually experience it, then they're hooked. <laughs> 
I believe that when you come in contact with people who've never experienced it before, they're usually the ones that are most open to it because it's almost like a mystery behind the mind and body. They want to know yeah. oh, these things really connect because we become so disconnected in everyday life with things that go on. So they're they're intrigued by the mysteries. I love that. Yeah, they're definitely intrigued. <laughs> and and I think by now you you mentioned earlier that it's really trending. I mean, you you're seeing sound healing in TV commercials. I saw a TV commercial. Really? I don't watch TV. I wouldn't even were, know. Where some people were sitting in the grass playing their bowls and, and my husband called me in and said, Look, they're playing singing bowls. So I went, Oh, you know, I, I try not to watch as much you know that much TV either, but I have noticed it. I think um, I read that some of the reality TV shows were, were doing sound baths for baby showers and things like that. So it's very trendy. Mm-hmm. So I think that's piqued people's interest. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully um, when they experience it with us, they'll have a true <laughs> experience and it'll be something that they'll fall in love with and that they can add to what they're already doing. I have seen it. I saw it in passing. I want to say it was maybe on Instagram that it was on uh, a reality show. I think it was Keeping Up with the Kardashians. They were using yeah. it. But this was like, yeah. this was even after we met two years ago. Yes. I'm like, wait a yeah, minute. After. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> But they say we're in the age of enlightenment now. So I think a lot of people are going to be coming into finding these things again because they're calling out to us. Yeah. So that kind of leads me to my next question. When you started Sound Healing, do you feel that, I don't know if you believe in past lives or um, reincarnation, but do you feel like you've done this before or this is just new to you in this life? I've done it. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I'm remembering. <laughs> I feel like I'm remembering. It feels so natural to me. I remember when I was first starting, I think I had probably just gotten my full set of bowls and I was um, um, a guest at a yoga studio and this <laughs> this lady comes over to me afterwards and she asked if I was a tra- uh, if I was a classically trained musician. <laughs> And I said, wow, that's a big compliment. I said, no, I'm not, you know, other than taking piano lessons as a kid. I said, but thank you. I, and she said, I almost couldn't concentrate because I just wanted to sit up and watch you and listen. And I was wondering, how does she know how to do that? <laughs> and so I feel, I do feel like I've done this before. No, I, I know that I have. I've done this before. It feels completely natural to me. And it feels like I'm, I'm in that space where I'm supposed to be when I'm playing. If that makes sense to you, I'm sure it does. No, it, it makes perfect sense. Um, and I, I definitely sense that connection with everybody kind of coming into this trending topic. It has happened before. And like you said, it's, it feels like remembering. I feel like the first time I played, it was something I've done before and it was muscle yeah. memory. Yeah. And it's it's funny when people, you know, they ask you, you know, if you're a trained musician, you probably are in a past life. But right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, uh, I, and also, <laughs> I, I remember one time I had this dream. Um, I sing and I, I used to sing more often, but um, I had this dream and I, I was a performer. I was on the stage. There were thousands of people and I was singing. I was shocked at the sound that was coming out of my voice. And when I woke up, I told my husband, I said, I had a dream, had that dream again that I was performing before thousands of people. And I said, I said, maybe it's my, um, what do you call it? My, um, my personal, 
in another in a parallel universe, right? I said, maybe we changed places for a while. And I said, I tell you, she has really trained and studied because <laughs> her voice was amazing. So things like that, when I think about that, I think about past lives and, and just remembering and everything just feeling so comfortable and really clicking. And, you know, it's like in, in our culture, I've always been a sound healer, you know, even if it was just for me, because I've always been a hummer, you know, that that vibration when you hum, which is the, that own yeah. vibration mm-hmm. that would soothe me. Um, just whistling. I was always a whistler. <laughs> I, I was always having to make some sort of sound or vibration and when I see children doing that I think of that I said oh they're they're just remembering and they're (laughs) yeah I remember I used to when I used to do my reels a couple years ago uh, when my son was still very small he's two now he used to sing right along with the bowls and would would match the pitch too Mm -hmm. I'm like okay that's odd but it's amazing how they can pick up on that Yes, I remember. That's how I found you. You, <laughs> you and Rio sitting at your bowls. I still very often um, play. I don't get as much of a chance anymore because I have two of them now. And then the one that used to sit with me now wants to break the bowls. So we have to separate yes. them from them. <laughs> but I still listen to them all of the time, um, as many as I can, and hope to one day reincorporate it just in a new mm-hmm. way um, yeah. with both of my children. So when we're talking about past lives and how it feels to have that feeling of remembering who you are and what you came here to do, interacting Mm -hmm. with people now who are feeling very lost on their own journeys and they're coming to you and asking you, you know, how can I find this in my life? How do you feel about navigating I guess, a path for people within, and not even just within your age group or your social class or anything. How do you feel about helping these people who don't have that same feeling of remembrance as you? Like, does that feel like your path, like what you're intended to do? Or does it get confusing at times? It gets a little confusing at times. You know, I, I just try to be open to it. I try to be as authentic as I can and, and I try to encourage people to sit and meditate because that's how things came to me, just taking that time. I mean, it's, it's, I could go really, really far. I mean, sitting and meditating, even going natural, like, you know, something about shaving your hair and starting from scratch. <laughs> you know, that whole, I'd, I'd like to think that antenna and receiving those messages so I, I try to encourage people to not to look to me or anyone else for the answers, but to just sit quiet with source and just really come into a meditation practice, whatever that looks like for them. And I try to to be a to, to be a guide. And that's hard because you you and I both know there's there are a lot of people who, because this awakening that's taking place is very trendy and there's money to be made. <laughs> So there are a lot of people out there who who solicit people under the guise of helping them. And so some and we live in a culture where we we're not accustomed to having that direct 
link to source or getting back to who we were in a past life or whatever. And so the, what's comfortable is to seek someone, to seek out a teacher or a guru, if you will. So I just try to encourage those people to to do that for themselves, to go within. And I, and I can be a guide, but I also feel like I'm still learning so much myself. I really do. So for you to say, for you to refer to me as an expert, <laughs> I'm like, wow, because I do. I feel like every day I'm learning and I love to learn. I love that part. I don't ever want to stop learning. Yeah. And I was going to say the best teachers to me are the ones who never stop learning. They still refer to themselves as students. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I can give the most respect to someone like that because, you know, you don't know it all, but mm-hmm. you know that you're on that path still. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, I think it's also interesting, you know, when someone came to you, and I, I mentioned this already about she wanted to know like if how you intuitively played and I've done the same thing. Like I never had any formal training um, with becoming a sound bath practitioner. I have taken classes. I've gotten certifications, but when it came to it the first time, I just did what I felt. I wasn't looking for any specific instruction like, okay, this is the body. This is how you do it. It's just like, because we know these things um, and we know how to heal. We just, Mm -hmm. You know, we're not connected, like you said, that direct link to source. So with that, I am curious for you, what is your favorite, even I'm sure you have an affinity for sound healing, but what is your favorite practice out of all that you practice? Out of everything that I practice, wow, that's changing. It's evolving. So um, I would say... Definitely sound healing was number one, but now that I've become a, a Reiki master, they're, they're kind of neck and neck. I'm really enjoying Reiki and what it's done for me and what I see it doing for other people. So I would say um, sound healing and Reiki is a second, a very close second. And I've, I've learned to incorporate the two. I incorporate the two. And could you tell us a little bit about Reiki? I know that I know something about Reiki, but I know not everybody in the audience does. So could you tell us a little bit about it and how it connects with sound healing? Oh, yes. So so Reiki is um, energy healing and um, it's used with um, the chi energy or source energy that we all have. And we all have the ability to tap into that and to help our bodies heal. And we can do that through um, hovering the hands. Um, and we can do that through touch, laying on the hands, if you will, <laughs> that sort of thing. And um, we work with the, the chakra center, the, the major energy centers in the body from the crown of the head to the base of the spine, the root chakra. And so just um, getting those areas in balance can help us sort out, Linda's so cute, can help us sort out those things that are bothering us physically, mentally, and emotionally. And so I use the, the seven crystal singing bowls, which are attuned to the seven major chakras. And, um, and so I'm playing those. I normally start at the root chakra because it's a deeper sound and it's not as jarring for people as they're starting to settle in. 
and I um, I use um, Reiki. There are there are sacred symbols that we use. Um, there's energy of using the, pushing the energy with our hands, and so I, I do a combination of that as I'm playing. And I've actually had clients ask um, or or tell me that it felt like I I was touching them as I was playing the bowls. <laughs> So it's really is really fascinating. And, and we can we can practice Reiki on ourselves. We can do self Reiki and help our bodies to heal, moving that stagnant energy. And we can our, our babies, our families um, and other people. Yes. Reiki I hope I answered that. <laughs> you did. Reiki is one of my favorite okay. practices because. I think people always expect hands to be laid on them. And then when you don't, but they still feel it, you understand yeah. the power of energy. And oh, like you yeah. said, when we're rubbing our hands together and you can feel that chi energy, I had somebody like I showed someone and I'm like, you're not feeling anything. I'm like, try it. And then they did. I'm like, oh, okay. You see, like yeah. we're made yeah. up of so much energy, but most yes. people don't even get to pay attention to it. Exactly. Exactly. I remember when I, when I did Reiki, I did Reiki one and then I did Reiki two. And, and that was, that's when you can start doing Reiki on other people. And so I, I invited two of my most skeptical girlfriends over for Reiki sessions. (laughs) And the one who's like so skeptical of everything, she said, Reiki is real. She asked me if I was wearing heated gloves (laughs) because she could feel so much heat from my hands. And I said, no, I wasn't wearing anything on my hands. That's you were just feeling that energy. So yeah, it's beautiful. And that's an area that's growing and I'm so happy to see it growing. I can resonate with that. I think the first time I received Reiki, um, the first place I felt it, my eyes were closed, but I was having it performed on me and I could feel it in my solar plexus area. And I thought it was I thought it was funny that I could feel it there because I've actually had several surgeries there in the past where I've had my appendix out, my gallbladder. I've had a lot of issues. And when you know what the solar plexus is about um, and what energy center it works with a lot having to do with, you know, willpower and how you feel about yourself, like which is something I had struggled with for so long. I was like. Okay, now how'd you know that? Like without doing an X-ray. Right. <laughs> so right. when we start learning about these systems outside of you know regular Western medicine, you see like we we've known far more about the body for long periods of time than you know the world lets on. So it's amazing yeah. to learn that. Yeah, and it's interesting to see that um, modern medicine, Western medicine, they're starting to adopt those practices as well. There are even some medical centers who offer Reiki. So I've seen that. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. I'll give it maybe about five, 10 years. I wouldn't be surprised if you can get a session and charge it to your insurance. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. It should be that way. <laughs> so you're located on the West Coast. And I know yeah. that practices like this are a little bit more popular there, though the whole world is kind of catching on and adapting back to these practices again. How do you feel about sound bath practitioners who are charging, calling themselves gurus and charging like thousands of dollars for people to experience this? Oh, boy. You know, the the thing that bothers me about that is that it excludes a whole group of people who wouldn't have access to these modalities, who don't have access, right? At the same time, I do believe that um, 
that anyone who does this work, you know, yoga teachers, sound healers, Reiki practitioners, I believe that everyone should earn a living wage, you know, if, if they choose to do this full time. But um, some of the prices, <laughs> it's, some of it is just like, wow. And, and that's really sad and unfortunate because, um, like I said, the people who need it the most it just puts them at a disadvantage. And I think also it gives the impression that it's an elitist thing. So the people who probably could benefit from it the most think that it's not for them. I know the yoga community went through that for a long time where people would go into yoga studios and not see anyone who looked like them or just because of how it was priced, you know, maybe priced out of their range or whatever. They felt that it just wasn't for them. It's for those people over there. And I don't like any any time someone is taking advantage of um, of what people need, of what people need for their healing. So it's good to see that there's a range of sound healers out there, and there's there's something for everyone, and there's a there's something for everyone's budget. And I don't know. It's, it's like anything else, right? <laughs> Anything else that's trending and there's a buck to be made, we're always going to have those people who will do that, unfortunately. Yeah, I've, I've seen quite a lot. And the thing that I found most astounding, especially after studying like the beginning stages of Reiki, um, when I was hearing the history behind it and how long people would have to study to actually know yeah. these practices and then you can get on Instagram now and see like a three-day yeah. intensive course. I'm like, you can't learn that like that quick. No. I mean, you could learn the basics, I guess, on mm-hmm. paper, but yeah. to actually do it, like it's, it's a lifelong, that's why we call it a practice. Yes. Because it's yeah. done continually. You don't just learn how to do it and then start charging like thousands of dollars. Right. Uh, and yes. that's why, like you said, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that's what I was agreeing with you about um, it being people having the perception that it's elitist because they only see it being practiced and charged. And then then you have this whole perception about money and it creates that feeling of lack. And then we put that together with Reiki and sound healing. Yeah, it's yeah. like what we're diverting from the whole point of this. And if you know anything about yoga, there are different asanas to yoga. So it's not about the outfits. It's not about yeah. the look. Right. It's about the practice and the mental practice. part of it. Yes. And a lot of people want to get a, <laughs> a lot of people want to get around that part, right? The spiritual aspects of things. I actually had a lady call me once wanting to book a group sound bath, but and she she went went so far as to tell me that she, they only wanted the music. They didn't want any of the spiritual stuff or the chanting or anything. And, and I said, Well, I'm not the sound healer for you. <laughs> because you're gonna get some healing. <laughs> Oh, I'm not wow. an entertainer. <laughs> so, yes, it's interesting. <laughs> That's interesting that you were asked that because I don't know what. I know. What, that, that what really is it that you want? <laughs> what, what is it that you want? I think I think they wanted a girlfriend experience, you know, something for the ladies to do together. And they heard of this sound healing thing, sound bathing, probably from that TV show we just talked about. <laughs> yeah. 
I think that it's important for um, people like you who have been putting this message and these videos out for a while that we continue to teach the foundations because everybody wants to skip ahead to, you know, what the healing feels like, not really understanding or understanding that healing is a constant process. It's death and rebirth over and over again. You don't just get to stop and then suddenly it's bliss and nirvana. It doesn't work like that. (laughs) Though I know the pictures on Amazon and Instagram will tell you otherwise. Like if you put on this outfit and you play these beats, you're going to be the ultimate picture of healing. And that's just not the truth. No, it's not. And the other thing too, you mentioned um, the practice and years and years of practice and and these are sacred modalities. And so to see, sometimes I see on um, Amazon or Pinterest, people are actually posting the, the Reiki symbols. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. so you have people thinking that, oh, if, if I write down these symbols or if I do these symbols with my hands and or whatever, I'm a, I'm a Reiki practitioner. And like, no, it's, you know, it's, it's something that's sacred and you know, people can go on, like you said, go online and get a certification as a meditation teacher, doing breath work, so many things. And on the one hand, um, COVID and being at home helped us become curious. And uh, but at the other, you know, on the other side, too, we just have to be cautious. Yeah, I, I think social media, though it is great at times, it has created this this perception that one, we need to be certified in every single thing. And that makes us valid and able to do these things. But I think when you truly get into the practice and the history of it, you kind of learn to stop, I guess, having, I want to say like barriers and blockages that keep you from realizing your true power and who you are. Yeah, It'll set up like different blockades in front of you like okay you have to fit this box are you are you indigenous Mm -hmm. are you Mm -hmm. um have you been practicing this for at least 20 years uh you know are you young are you old like there this is for everyone to come back into themselves it does not know any boundaries or lines as long as you're willing to give yourself over to the practice it's going to give right back to you Mm -hmm. exactly and you know it kind of goes back to past lives, all of that, right? Because I know some people have gotten territorial (laughs) about practices and, you know, being, whether they're indigenous or not, and certain instruments that they, they view as sacred and those types of things. But, you know, just, just when you, when you're on your path and you know who you are, then it's like, I, I know that I'm supposed to be doing this and I'm not taking anything away from anyone else. I'm just doing what I was created to do. So what are your plans for chocolate yoga destinations for the the coming future? Oh, wow. I've done a couple of retreats and I really like those. They're a lot of work though. I think I want to just continuing to educate people about sound healing and Reiki. I I want to continue to bring practitioners together. I, I still love doing um, sound bath play dates. <laughs> um, I want to continue doing that. I see myself working with children more. I've had an opportunity to, to work in a few schools doing yoga and sound bath with kids, mm-hmm. especially underserved children who normally aren't um, exposed 
to those modalities. I love working with them. I love seeing how, you know, they come in with this attitude, like, <laughs> and then at, by the end of it, when someone said, who wants to see Miss Fatima back? They're like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, really? <laughs> but um, I'm enjoying doing that. I, so I see myself working with children more. And maybe traveling more on the destination side. I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, um, one thing that's happened in the last three years with social media is I've met some wonderful people like you. So maybe um, connecting with some of those people and traveling and being a guest um, sound healer in their communities, that sort of thing. I would love to do that. And um, just continuing to grow and learn as much as I can. I love that, um, especially the part with the children, because I think that that is one of the most important things I've realized on every aspect of my own healing journey, looking back at my own education as a child, and then what's still available now. And I think people are doing a better job at incorporating things like meditation with children because they're the easiest to teach. Yeah. But hearing them come in with an attitude and then out like wanting you, you know, be a part of what you're doing. <laughs> I, I love that because then they can take that home to their families. Yeah. Yeah. I had an opportunity to work with um, an organization that works with um, groups of children who unfortunately happen to happen to be majority brown and black children who have a parent who's incarcerated. And so they just try to. Um, follow them from middle school through high school and making sure they're okay and have everything they need for school and in college if they choose to do that. And so they were having trouble keeping a yoga teacher. And I said, really? <laughs> so um, when I first went to work with them, it you know, I, I had a classroom and I set it up like a, a yoga studio. And so when they would come in, I, I would tell them, you have to remove your shoes. And, and the yoga said, oh, girl. <laughs> I remember these two little, I have to take my shoes off, you know, just that little attitude and everything. And, and I don't know what their expectation was of yoga, but there was one little boy who had done yoga before. So I incorporated him with showing how to do the poses and the postures, the asanas. And um, one little girl, she still refused to take her shoes off. And I said, <laughs> Sweetheart, you need to take your shoes off. And she said, I don't want to take my shoes off. I have holes in my socks. And so the mother in me kicked in. The black mother in me kicked in. The black auntie in me kicked in. I looked at her. I said, girl, ain't nobody thinking about those holes in your socks. Take your shoes off. And she looked at me and she bursted into laughter. She just cracked up laughing. It was so funny to her. <laughs> and she, after that, she was just so into it. So I think there's just a place where you know, just being relatable to, to especially our kids, you know, kids of color, because sometimes people just don't listen to them or, you know, they're not only are they not exposed to certain things, but no one listens or or just kind of comes comes to them where they are at that moment. So, so I actually enjoyed it, but I could see why they would have trouble keeping yoga teachers, <laughs> but it didn't bother me. <laughs> Uh, I honor you for creating that path for all these children, for their futures. And whether we see the physical result of it now or not, I know it's definitely going to make an impact in the long run. And that's what's most important because we're in the work that we do, we are leaving behind just like our ancestors left behind for us, mm -hmm. you know, a yeah. path to a better world, whatever that may look like. Mm -hmm. Look at Miss Lewis. Uh, she finally fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. 
It's so funny. I have to end up beating her on most of these episodes and you'll see me like tilt the camera <laughs> up. I'm like, let me just feed her real quick. But um, yeah, yeah she, she's great to have. And I'm so glad to have been able to connect with you again and get to share and expand what this podcast is about. You know, sacred medicine has been a catalyst in my life. It's been one thing after another. It started with becoming pregnant and then meeting people like you and starting my own healing journey, working with sound healing, and then reintroducing myself to sacred medicine again. But I wanted to include you in this episode because I want to expand past that. You know, I don't think that psychedelics and sacred medicine are for everyone. I think that there are many paths, the same journey that we wish to go on. And I think that everyone deserves to know about every single part that there is. And it's important to keep creating spaces where we don't see them. So the same way that you're creating in these schools and for these children, I think that just needs to continually be done throughout the world in order for us to connect back to self. And I see you doing sacred medicine retreats. <laughs> Everybody says, <laughs> we'll see in the future. I, I, I'm not sure just yet, but I, I could definitely see that for myself too in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll get to connect and uh, you can bring sound healing and yoga there too as well. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Well, can you tell us how we can find you in case people want to connect with you, possibly get a sound bath or just learn more from you? Oh, absolutely. I am Chocolate Yoga Destinations with an S on the end. Um, That's my IG handle and Instagram, um, Facebook and YouTube. And my website is chocolateyogadestinations.com. I do a um, a self-care Sunday virtual sound bath on Zoom. It's something that I started um, at the beginning of the pandemic when people were really struggling and it was free and donation-based. And now, now I keep it at like $10 and donation-based. So that's, that's one of my offerings that I still try to keep reachable for people. Um, and it's important to me and it's, it's a beautiful community. And, and a lot of people um, that have attended my classes and events and even my, um, my um, retreats came from that platform. <laughs> so if you'd like to give Sound Healing a try, that's a, a nice way to start as well. But you can also book an appointment on, on my website, chocolateyogadestinations.com. And I will be sure to link all that info in today's show notes. So again, to Fatima, thank you so much for coming into the space today and sharing with us your beautiful journey with sound healing and what it's done for you and the work that you've done for others. We always honor you here in this space and are always sending love. Thank you. I appreciate that. I send love back to you. And it's so good to see your beautiful face (laughs) and your great energy back on social media. You were gone for a while. I think I even texted you. I said, hey, where have you been? How are you doing? I'm I'm (laughs) in and out. (laughs) Yeah, I miss seeing your face. But it's good to take those breaks. I take those breaks as well. Um, Good luck to you and everything that you do and your beautiful children and your family. And thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you, as always. So this has been the Taylor Healing Collective podcast. And until next time, let love lead the way.
I detach from the old, I have a crown of success. I am sure of what is coming and let the universe do the rest. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I manifest what I want again and again. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I manifest what I want again and again. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I manifest what I want again and again. Time is a dimension that we enter when we choose to align with self that's divine. It first exists inside of our minds. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I manifest what I want again and again. I visualize my desires. I create with intention a new dimension where reality is in my hands. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I manifest what I want again and again.